the biggest turning point of all of this was like, okay, there are real live teachers on the other side of like the screen, namely Instagram. I was like, mm-hmm. there's other teachers there and they are, they're, they're real. They're active just like me, you know, scrolling and wanting to talk. And so with keeping that in mind, my second big pillar was like the communication piece. Like if I'm on social, we're going to be social. And mm-hmm. so being able to paint pictures for them, explain steps for them, doing it all again, similar to just kind of being like, okay, I'm going to try to like coach you through this, but just doing yeah. it through a post and a caption was the big way. And that's how I was like, okay, you're actually teaching teachers through this platform. And it was wild to me. Welcome to the podcast for anyone who has been known as that teacher. That teacher who is always dreaming up new ideas. That teacher who has an Instagram account. That teacher who goes on TikTok to share the latest teaching trends. That teacher who isn't afraid to try new things. We're Megan and Alyssa, and we were both known as that teacher before we started our ed tech company, Pop PD. If you're an educator who's been looking for something more, more opportunities to lead, grow, and inspire others, we are here to show you the newest pathways to leadership for modern educators. We'll interview teachers who have taken their leadership beyond the four walls of their classroom to become thought leaders in the online space. You'll hear about the ups and downs of their experience sharing their educator journey online, and we hope you'll be inspired and re-energized by their unique stories. Megan Polk is a resource creator and podcast host who helps upper elementary teachers create engaging and effective literacy instruction. She sells on Teachers Pay Teachers with 33,000 followers and almost 300 resources and has a monthly membership called The Daily Writing Disguise, where teachers get a set of engaging writing routines to use with their students every month. Megan also has a large following on Instagram, but somehow she manages to still make it feel like a tight-knit community, thanks to a few of her authentic marketing strategies that she'll share with us in this episode. We love her impact-driven focus for her business and how she uses her community to get feedback and ideas for her products. Megan talks about a few of her strategies for staying in touch with her audience and how she finally decided to monetize her expertise and what it's been like to grow her following with perfectionism and comparison by her side. After listening to this episode with Megan, we know you'll be motivated to take the next step in your leadership pathway, even if you're scared. If you've ever been stuck in a room for a couple of hours, maybe there are no windows, maybe there's no food, feels like a real nightmare, stuck there learning about a topic that you really never even were interested in when it comes to your teaching. Unfortunately, that is the traditional way for professional development. And even if you're lucky enough to get a wonderful professional development experience, it's probably really hard to remember or implement anything you learned in that training because you have so much to do. At Pop PD, we are planning to take a lot of that off of your plate and make your job easier and more fun with our peer learning platform and knowledge hub for K-12 educators. We make it really easy to access, organize, and implement your favorite teaching strategies and resources that you find online. Plus, you can connect with other like-minded educators inside of our community and work on projects together that get you excited about teaching. Our platform is being developed right now. You can check out the first version of our platform at poppd.co, or you can get on the waiting list for the new and most exciting version of our platform at poppd.co slash waiting list, 
We're going to be letting people onto the new version of the platform a little at a time. So if you get on that waiting list now, you'll be one of the first to try the newest version of our platform. We are here with Megan P and Megan K. Megan P being from um, the Literacy Dive. And Megan is going to be sharing. She shared on extracurricular all kinds of wonderful strategies to use with your students. And now we're getting the behind the scenes of how she kind of stepped into thought leadership in the online space, which is a big scary step. So we would love to hear a little bit more about your journey, Megan, into creating your online business and kind of what that was like and how you decided on literacy and and kind of knew that you wanted to share more. Sure. Well, I'm so happy to be here. So getting into this online space, I just, I love this question. Um, I have always loved to try to like figure out problems. And I think with having students that, you know, come in with learning gaps and they came in with like not being able to master this and that, I always wanted to try to figure out how, okay, no, not knowing it is not an option unless we just like, we've exhausted everything. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot with that and I was able to kind of share different ideas within my school building. So then after that, I got invited to be able to mentor teachers within the district. And then I got plugged into doing some district trainings. And so after that, I was then, you know, kind of just popping into and sharing those ideas at nearby conferences. And I would receive emails, you know, asking like, hey, where can I get that information? And I'm just like, well, I mean, I, I just presented it to, to you. So <laughs> I mean, the notes page that I gave you, I gave you a little handout, this and that. But that's kind of how I realized that there is a space out beyond the four walls of my building is that other people were struggling with the same things that I was struggling with or that my students were were struggling with. And with literacy, this was a content area where I saw the widest gaps. The schools, the schools that I've been in, we did not have a formal writing curriculum at all. It was just, here's the standards, but we didn't have trainings. We didn't have curriculum. So writing along with reading became a big focus because without it, you know, you can't do much, especially as the higher you go without knowing those foundational skills. And so merging those two together became my priority. And that's how I was like, okay, we're going to focus on literacy because above all else, your fifth grade science test is a reading test. It is mm-hmm. all word problems, then asking you about science things. You know, your math test, it is all word problems, and then asking you to compute, like, these computation skills. So that is how I took the shift to literacy. And, yeah, when I when I saw the amount of teachers who would identify with, like, I am struggling with that, too, it was just, mm-hmm. like, the light bulb moment that I was, like, there's a space. And, how, you know, who would I be if I did not share what I was doing that could potentially help not just the teachers, but all of those students that were in the same state or even around the world. So that is how I kind of started um, making it a priority to dedicate a space that I could be able to do just that. It's the combination of, I feel like it's always, it's always kind of this common thread of somebody, somebody said, that's great you know, how did you get your students to do that? How are you doing this? And then the combination of just knowing that other teachers are struggling with something that you can help with. And teaching writing is so hard. You can be a great writer, but teaching it to other people without with no resources and so many schools are under-resourced, period. But especially with writing, I love that you were like, you know what? 
I'm going to step in here. Let me help. Let me help the world, <laughs> not just my school. And that's scary. So I think it's it's scary to navigate. Like this is okay. I'm going to come into this online space. But then the next scary thing is how? How do I show up here? How do I get paid for my time here? So how did you figure all of that out? And where did where did you show up at first? And like how did that pathway come together of monetizing? Yes. So that's, that's exactly that. It's a very vulnerable state to make that, you know, to make that push to say, okay, I'm going to like put this out there and, and see what happens. And it was actually never an initial thought of mine. It was never like this big plan to think like, I'm going to like, you know, enhance the quality of my life by, by monetizing about what I already am an expert in and doing it in an online space. That was never like even <laughs> a thought that was in my brain. I never considered, I just never considered that. But, you know, prior to the space, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, the first place that I came into that was, like, considered social was Instagram. Mm-hmm. But before that, all I knew was tutoring. All I knew was, you know, summer school. All I knew was, like, nannying. And that was what I was doing to, like, bring in income. And so when the teacher, there was one particular teacher at a conference that I was in, I was at in Louisiana, and she sent me an email and she was like, you know, I really love that. You know, where can I get the rest of it? And I was like, the rest of it? Like, I gave you what I made. And, you know, I, I wrote her back and I was like, well, this is what I have. And she's like, well, this would be great. Like, I, I went on Teachers Pay Teachers and I couldn't find it. And I was like, Teachers Pay Teachers? Like, what is this? So that's when I, like, you know, did a little bit of research and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that this was really a thing, but let me just see what I can do over here. And so that is kind of how I got started was just like a couple of teachers in my ear about like, where can I get this? Like this, I need this. And that's when I was like, there is a need out here. And if this is one person as big as this world is with all of these teachers, this is massive. Um, And so I went to Instagram and honestly, initially there, it wasn't even to pitch my resources. It was really just to share this is what we did today. And this is mm-hmm. how I did it. And so a lot of the principles that I kind of keep in my head is like, kind of like from Pinterest, I want you to be able to see this and be able to replicate it, whether you have what I have or whether you you don't. But it's just a bonus if you actually want what I have because I do offer it. And so I kind of took that approach because it was kind of, it felt kind of weird, honestly, being like, I have this, pay me for it. But I had to have that shift in mind where it's like you're providing a need and your time, like there's things that you aren't doing. Your friends are out right now. You're not out at dinner. You're at your computer Mm -hmm. working, trying to create resources that are going to enhance education. And so there were a lot of sacrifices. And so for that, I kind of got over that hump of, you know, let me put everything out there for free, but just say, you know, like, I'm just going to try to see what I can do. And whatever I did make, it was literally being put back into my classroom. I was like, if I can bring those books into my classroom, if I could send home those summer packages where the students had the resources they need without having to go purchase them, then if I could do that without paying for my money, like this is going to be a win. So that's how it all kind of started was like, when I started making a little bit, I was able to see that I no longer had to dip into my paycheck to be able to support the needs of my students. Wow. That's incredible. And obviously, you know, we know a lot of teachers do that and, you know, it's not, ex- shouldn't be expected. Right. But the reality is a lot of teachers are doing that. And and what a wonderful thing for you to do for your students, for your communities to, to put all that time and effort and to pour it back into your school. Um, their students are lucky to have you. 
But I imagine over time too, as, as you kind of grew on, on Instagram and grew your business, you started to see kind of some you know personal benefit as well from that of kind of stepping into that space and really feeling confident as, as a leader as well. Yes. Do you think there was like a turning point where you really started to lean into that? So I, yes, I do. And I think it was like one day, I mean, literally, I feel like it happened over the span of like a week. I mean, it's like one day, it was just like the basic, I'm sharing like normal. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like a viral post and like my life changed. Wow. It literally happened like that quick. And so I think like the biggest turning point of all of this was like, okay, there are real live teachers on the other side of like the screen, namely Instagram. I was like, Mm -hmm. there's other teachers there and they are, they're, they're real. They're, they're, they're active just like me, you know, scrolling and wanting to talk. And so with keeping that in mind, my second big pillar was like the communication piece. Like if I'm on social, we're going to be social. And Mm -hmm. so being able to, you know, paint pictures for them, explain steps for them, doing it all again, similar to just kind of being like, okay, I'm going to try to like coach you through this, but just doing it through a post and a caption was the big way. And that's how I was like, okay, you're actually teaching teachers through this platform. And it was wild to me. I really wanted them to gain the same results in, you know, getting proper punctuation. I wanted teachers to get the same results and being able to effectively be able to use context clues. And so I just started to fill in these blanks and I was like, I'm struggling with it or I found success with it and I want you to get it too. And I think that's what like my audience started like feeling on the, on the receiving end. So I really just made my focus to be like descriptive through that. I I was just posting on one day and then now I'm like, I have a real strategy behind this. I want to be descriptive. I want to be encouraging and let you know that you can do it and like try, you know, start here. I am a big proponent of like showing, not just telling. And so I think like if I can show this to you, if I can map it out for you, that's just kind of the way that I learn. And so I think with that, a lot of teachers could start envisioning and imagining their students doing it on a Monday morning as well. And that's just kind of like how like the journey just went from making an account and posting to being super intentional and then also being able to showcase the different resources that I've made that I've also worked for hundreds of students. So that is the big, that's like, I know I can read Megan's mind. We're just like bursting at the seams with excitement about all of this because we talk about this all day, every day in developing pop PD, but really one of the reasons we set out to build this platform is because it's not as easy as you might think to take your teaching, the nuance of what you do in the classroom and inside your four walls and teach it to other teachers. It's not, not as simple as it may seem, especially online. You've got the barrier of the computer screen and the limitations of the technology. And it's like, but what I really want you to do is just come to my classroom, just like come sit in the back of my classroom. So how do we like recreate that online and Instagram, you know, like partly provides a platform for that, but it's really not easy. And you, I I think leading with value and leading with that authentic, genuine, like passion and wanting those teachers to be successful. That's like, that's contagious. Teachers can feel that they get excited by it and teachers need support and community. And you've provided a space for that. And I just, 
this is what needs to happen. I could get on my my soapbox, but like, this is what needs to happen. We need to take support one another and have like a really efficient way to do so. Uh, you kind of alluded to some pillars. So are these pillars that like you said, you know, communi- uh, community is a pillar. Are these pillars that you kind of follow within your business? Yes. So yes, yes and no. So there are definitely some where, you know, of course, if I'm thinking about resources, you know, I might have heavy where it's like, I want to make sure they're high impact and, you know, student engaged and mm-hmm. student led or things like that. Um, And of course, with like Instagram, I'm showcasing it. But over there, it's more like I want to build community. I try to think about that one teacher who mm-hmm is either on a team by yourself or has a very dysfunctional team and cannot get the resources. I like to think about that first year teacher. And so whatever that community can look like, that's one of the big ones on Instagram. Um, I think that there are so many people that um, share things, but it's like, you truly don't, you truly don't, you know, talk back. It's like you write a comment, but you never hear from someone. So I made it a point to um, consistently communicate, which means that I'm going to actually consistently write back to every single person. Now I will say as my account grew, like I'm still one person uh, doing it by myself on Instagram. I don't hire that out. It's completely me. Everything that happens on there, it is me, myself, and I. So of course, as the account grew, the amount of time it takes to respond increases. And so I am a little bit slower sometimes getting back to people and the way that DMs work with showing or not showing them. But if I see it, and it's in front of my face, I'm going to respond to it. One thing that I started doing as well is voice memoing my responses and DMs because so it's just easier. like, I'm tired of, yeah, I'm tired of yeah. talking, but also it's just that more like you can hear my voice and I can be able to like pour back into you. And it just, it makes it more conversational. But at the end of the day, it's just about like, if you reach out to me, let's try to figure this out together, especially if I'm putting myself in in a place where where I'm, where I'm coining myself as the expert that can be able to help you. And so there's just all of those things. Yeah. So the community is really big. Communication is really big. And then also keeping to the um, showing just like high impact types of resources. I also like to keep various differentiation is like one of my big ones over there too. So it's like, I always want to show how you can be able to do this in different ways. And then the last, the last big one, that's kind of how I showcase my things is just through like scaffold. And so anything that I'm posting, I'm just letting teachers know. I want to kind of like debunk the myth that if I give my students this, they're going to become dependent on it. And it's like, no, we give it to them as a support. And when they don't need it anymore, they're not going to use it. And then you just remove it. So those are kind of the... um, Community pieces are more for the people, and then the other values are more so for the type of content that I will put out there. Did you always know? Like, did you come onto the platform knowing? I'm going to talk about, you know, literacy maybe, but like I'm going to focus on differentiation and these student-led resources, or did that just happen over time, like maybe based on feedback? It happened definitely over time. Um, it It definitely was not anything that I had a plan for. When I first posted, it was literally just like, oh, we did this today or like, oh, I'm working on this at home. There is no rhyme or reason. But as I started talking more or like if someone said, oh, you know, um, I really, really need this. 
instead of just leaving it there, like, oh, here's where you can grab it. I would send them a message and be like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, what could this support? And so sometimes I did it to myself with like having the massive amounts of communication, but I wanted to be like your coworker where it's like, hey, imagine us being in the break room. Let's talk about it because on the other side, I to hear what some of the teachers are faced with or not resourced with or having to go to work and not having any community, I just don't know how I could do it. And so just by, you know, looking at some comments and I can't do it to all, but I definitely use my feeling of like this person, let's just send her a DM and have a conversation. And it's been really cool that way as well. So I never thought about it, but as people are asking questions, I do like to do polls and be like, Hey, what are Mm y'all working on? Like, what are you struggling with? What's a challenge that you have? And as I can kind of see common threads, I was like, this is the stuff that I'm going to start sharing so that it can be able to help, you know, my audience as a whole. It's dual purpose, right? You're not only are you making connections and building that community and kind of enjoying one another and benefiting, you know, supporting one another, but it's also research for you. It's, it's a ways for you to learn about the people that you're serving, that you're trying to yeah. serve and that you want to, you know, offer things to them. And mm-hmm. then, so it helps you kind of benefit them more in the future. So I think that's good, good to look at both sides of that is it is a lot of your time. And obviously, as you said, you know, as your account grows, you know, you have a lot of people listening in and, and following you, but the more attention you can give when you can give it, the more you're going to get back on a number of different levels. Well, and it's so rewarding. You know, it's like it's worth it at the end of the night to know that you have just impacted or helped or given that person their idea. I mean, I've gotten so many messages about people who are like freaking out about observations. And I've been there, you know, I've been there. And it's like, I don't have anything to teach about this. And I did it and I got scored low. And so I've been on Zoom calls with teachers, helping them with main idea lessons, helping them with, you know, inference lessons, giving them PowerPoints, not charging them. It's like, hey, Use this lesson, use this one. Let's, let's on Sunday, let's, you're going to do it. I'm going to watch and give you feedback. That's happened. But you know, it's so rewarding to do that and to know that what you have, your gifting of being able to lead and being able to teach can just far extend past, you know, what you thought it could. And I think that with really thinking about, what you want to share, I think that it's definitely a space to be like, oh, I like talking about this. But like, how how many times have I created something because I want it, but then I'm like, oh, my audience doesn't need it. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're close with your audience, they will give you the feedback and give you the information, the core, the core stuff that you actually need. And then you can start creating, you know, a content or a PowerPoint or a lesson or a training on it to be able to help even more people giving you that solid feedback. Yeah. Just to put some marketing perspective around kind of what we're talking about. I think the fact that you did not hire out for Instagram, even when your account grew is really, really smart. And I think for people who are listening to this and who have an online business and who are like, oh my gosh, I have to hire. I need to get some help. I would say that where you mainly have your community is not the place to hire out because they will feel it. They will know it. And it just won't be as authentically you. And like you're mentioning, Megan, it's like, it's also giving you so much research and that feedback loop also keeps you going. So when you're having a bad day or you're not sure what to make next, it's like that feedback loop will keep that creativity running and will help you keep kind of stepping into that leadership when you have those like mindset setbacks or imposter syndrome, your people will keep you on. So I would say number one piece of marketing advice there is not to hire out on that. I think the number two piece that I just took from what you were saying is 
keeping it personalized and in having that impact driven goal in mind. Obviously you're like the money is nice. Like you said, I don't want a nanny anymore. I want to make money here, but also having that goal around impact. Like I'm going to hop on zoom. I'm going to make this impact. I'm really going to make a difference. Uh, Like next to the income goal, like keeping them both in mind. But I think that's going to just take you so much further. And then the third thing is I had to offer this one up. I think sometimes we forget that we can also be that individual on email. So a lot of people will start an email list and they'll just start bulk emailing their whole list and just sending email blasts out. Email is another place where you can, you can, don't forget, like you can reach out. So if somebody replied and said like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. I've got my observation. I don't know what to do. It still can be very individual there. It doesn't always have to be an email blast. So just wanted to offer those marketing suggestions up too. Love that. I love those three. Really, I do. But especially that last one, that is so key. Yeah. you. I, I was just talking with somebody the other day that was like, oh, I can't, I forget what the problem was. I can't get something like, I think it was like my, I can't get my members to engage in my membership. Oh, I know it was engaged. We were talking about engagement and it was like, we were saying, well, you have, you know, 40 people in your course. What if you pulled up Kajabi and you looked at who hasn't engaged and you send them like a regular email, like from your Gmail, how can I help you? It doesn't have to be from my email service provider to everybody in my course, to my whole email list. You can still like isolate who's struggling and help. I love and I just that. I want to add another point to Alyssa. I, I like what you mentioned about this idea of like an impact impact goal. And I think, um, especially as you're starting out, sometimes that can feel a little, you know, you're like, well, I've only helped one person. I've only helped two people. You know, I only have one client or two clients. And it's like, start to think about not just the one teacher you helped. How many students does that teacher have? Yeah. Once you ha- help a second teacher, how many students does that teacher have? And not only do they have that year, but how many students is that gonna, teacher going to have next year when they're using that resource again, when they're doing that? And that that's going <laughs> to that's going to add up real quick. And yeah. so, not, anytime you feel like, "Am I really making a difference? Am I really doing anything?" If anyone responds positively to your work, and of course, you got to get there first. You got to put yourself out there to even get those responses. But any positive response that you have on a teacher, and that's what's cool about serving teachers, that really goes a long way because it's filtering to their students. It's filtering to the students next year. It could filter into the next classroom if that teacher tells their teacher next door. So I think that's a really cool way to, especially if you're getting started and you're you know, not kind of sure what that impact looks like or you're not sure if you're really making a difference. Um, I think it's a good way to reframe it. Yeah. All right, Megan, you must have cha- have challenges around the, along the way. So what would you say has been kind of in your business the toughest part about running the business um, as you've gone through this journey? I I think one, I did not go to school for business. So, you know, there's just a lot of things with being in business that are hard, you know, but outside of it, I also have just loved the journey of learning and figuring it out. And like, you know, just being able to say like, wow, I I did this. I did this on my own. Um, But one of the biggest challenges that I have faced is definitely comparison trap. Definitely hands down just you know, what do I see and, and how I'm comparing myself to the next person. Um, I typically work much slower than other people would work. Uh, my brain, I just, I lose focus. I lose motivation much quick, much quicker than some other people. And I also will typically, like, I also will tend to 
hyper-focusing hyper on things to where I will then become like such a perfectionist that I can't move on until this is this is done. And so um, it got to be really challenging as I would see, you know, people on my dashboard, let's say that are like posting resource after resource after resource. Now, little did I know at that time that some of these people did have teams, which again, I'm, I'm a person by myself here. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, like I didn't know it then though. So what I'm viewing was just like, wow, that's a person like me and they're getting all this stuff done and I'm over here like stuck. And so that was something that was really, really, you know, tough just seeing how many, the quantity of something being posted and like, I'm still over here struggling to get something out of my brain into a hard copy format or, you know, whether it's a presentation that I'm doing out of my brain into a PowerPoint that I can be able yeah. to deliver to speak to people, plus all the other pieces that I need. So that has been something that has just been a challenge. But there are definitely things that you can be able to do. Like you are in control of one, understanding that until you know the behind the scenes, you you really can't compare yourself. Because again, to one person, when I just was like uh, interacting, I was like, how, how do you do all that? And they're like, oh, I have a team of three people on curriculum. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it makes sense then. And so it's like, how silly of me to be like so hard on myself when I don't have that same, that same team. But also it's like when it gets to be on social media, like as I'm growing my account, yes, there are accounts where I'm like, oh man, like they're, they're getting more likes than me or they're doing this. And like, I'm just not good. And it's like, no, I am good. And I do have my people that like what I want. And so, um, to like what I have. And so I, I would use the unfollow button. I would use the mute mm -hmm. button uh -huh. if it was going to like stifle or hinder me versus helping me grow or giving me like any type of good inspiration. I would be in control of removing that until I could get myself to a place where I could see something and not let it affect me. And so the biggest thing is like, I had to learn not to compare apples to oranges because that's all you're doing when you're doing the comparison trap game is <laughs> like, you are comparing, maybe you're working solo or having to work part-time on something, comparing that to someone who's working full-time. That's just not an equal comparison. So that has been my biggest challenge, but I've definitely found ways to overcome and not let that hinder my ability to move forward. That's so good. The mute button, like mute. It, You know what? It's so powerful because it it allows you to focus. I think if you can cut out the noise of the comparison, it's comparison is like a weed. It like pops up all the time. And the only way to get rid of it is to like cut it down. So it's like recognize, okay, this is not this looking at this account is not helping me. It's not healthy for me. And it's making that weed keep pop up. So what do I have to do? I've got to just mute it. It's not that I don't like the person. It's not that I don't, that I'm not inspired by them necessarily. It's just that it distracts me. And so I've got to just really focus. I think that's great advice, especially even to combat that perfectionism, because I think comparison plays right into perfectionism. They go yes. hand in hand. It does. <laughs> it does. Do I have to know, like, why haven't you hired? Like, is there a reason why? Why? Or are you just like, you know, I'm going to chug along and I'm going to keep at this and I'm going to stay authentic to me? What's what's really the reason? Uh, so I would love to hire like all the things. I think the biggest the biggest thing was like, oh, I well, I felt like I now know I don't, but it's like I felt like I had to have a system, a system in play where it's yeah. like, oh, if they come in, I need to I need to have a system and I need to make sure that like I can tell them what to do so that they're not like all over the place. Mm -hmm. I've also 
thought for so long that, you know, like they're not going to do it like me. So Mm -hmm. I just have to do it myself. And from, from teaching when I, when I uh, moved from one state and I had to leave my position, I, that's the first time that I was actually like, I stayed longer than I needed to stay because I felt like who's going to teach the kids, who's going to teach, who's going to do this the way that I'm doing it. But when I had to leave, I was like, I hope and pray that there is somebody that can do it even better. And so when I had that phrase from teaching, I was like, I hope that I can find someone even better. And so actually about a month and a half ago, I did randomly come across a teacher who is now like supporting me. She's still full-time, but she is supporting me with a couple of small tasks. So I think it's perfect for me to kind of ease in and relinquish Mm -hmm. control. But that's a big reason I didn't hire is control of like just wanting to keep it. But I'm recognizing how, how freeing it is to understand that like, if this is just being duplicated, I can be able to use my time on things that I have to show up for, like my podcast or like a presentation or where I have to be there. But yeah, about the long, but this is just a month ago. So I've started my business in 2015. (laughs) So I've gone the whole time with just being me, myself and I, and I would not recommend, you know, you get to the point of especially if you don't need to and you can hire something out, definitely do it. But, but yeah, it was a control thing. It was a control thing and just figure like thinking like, Oh, I don't have a system, but I'm like, well, great. They might come with a system and I don't have to have a system. (laughs) So it's just a lot of things I've been learning, which has just been so great right now. Yeah. I always joke that Megan uh, makes systems. She makes containers for my brain because I'm very visionary and strategic, but I am not organized. And so like, that's, that's what she does. That is me. That is me. And so this person, I mean, she is like helping me in so many ways, but she also is like that very, like she creates like, I'm like, oh, she's going to be, yes. Yes. Sometimes some, that's interesting <laughs> that you say like, I feel like I need that system for the person to come in and do well. That's often a sign that you need a systems person. Like you need an operations person like VA, the term virtual assistant is so hard because it's you don't always need kind of a generalist. Sometimes you need somebody specifically that's really great with organization and to be able to identify that is really great. Yeah. The other and people- to give someone like me the opportunity to organize your stuff is that's all we want. All we want to do is organize your stuff and come up with a system for you. So let, let us excitement. do that for you. Look at the excitement <laughs> on her thing. Like, and there are people that love this. So like, yeah. why yeah. not? And that's where I am now is like, do you love it? Do you love my business? Let's, yeah. let's, let's work together. Let's go. I think the, <laughs> yeah, good, the couple it. of good things though, like it is smart to stay lean it, it, I think I, I definitely got swooped in, in, in the business world to the like hype around hiring uh, mm-hmm. before I was ready. And so I yes. think that sometimes we have to be careful about like, you, it, there's this balance between running lean and getting help, the help that you need. So I think it's smart, but I also, the piece of advice that I always go back to is like, what is your time worth? Your time in showing up on your podcast, showing up for professional developments, being in your DMs, coaching teachers, hopping on Zoom, that's $100 an hour time. Like you are, your time is so valuable and transformational. What are you working on that you would never pay somebody $100 an hour for? That's where you got to start hiring because it's just going to free you up to do that $100 an hour work. So I've always used that measure to try to help myself figure it out. I 
love that. I like, and yeah. I'm so glad that this is being recorded so I can literally <laughs> pull this back to myself. <laughs> it's always a good one. I'll say it to Megan too. Like, hey, you, you've been like, You've been like tinkering with that air table for like three hours. We just paid you $300 hypothetically to do so. Your time is worth more than that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and and that's where it's hard too. If you're someone, you know, uh, Megan, you talked about uh, perfectionism, control. Like if you're someone who, you know, has those tendencies, it can be really hard to get yourself to, to talk yourself out of that. And then if you're that kind of person and you're like me who loves the systems and you like organizing for the sake of organizing is fun you know, us weirdos. Oh, weird. It can be really hard to step away from that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I actually love that you just said, I'm going to play this back for myself later. There are many things we have to play back for ourselves over and over again. I think especially in business and running in your, running your own business, or even what Alyssa and I are doing and kind of building a business together, we often have to be that person for the other one to kind of remind, like, you need to know this about yourself and you have so many strengths, but like you also have some weaknesses and you can, you can fill in those gaps. Yes. Like, you know, your, your business partner can support you, your VA or your ops person, or, you know, whoever else you bring in with you can, can lend that support. It's just because you're running a business doesn't mean you're doing it necessarily alone. And, and that's okay. Um, but we all need the reminders sometimes. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> I think uh, just to point out one more thing that I loved that you said there is that um, you hired your first person on a project basis. You don't need to do your, you don't need to bring somebody on as like, oh, I'm going to give you this many hours every month. Start with a couple of projects because it's probably not like there, there aren't, there are going to be people who are not good fits for you and your needs and your business. You're going to make a mistake. So it's better to start with a project, see how you work together, see if that works out, see if that, is that what I really needed? Did I really need a Pinterest manager or was I actually looking for something else? And so the project basis really allows you to do that. Um, and I think from the person who's being hired, their side too, like they they also want a client fit. So I think it's just a good way to experiment and see what you need. All right, one more question and then we'll go into the lightning round, kind of off piggybacking off of that. What advice do you have for the educators who are really interested in sharing their ideas and becoming thought leaders in this space, maybe a little overwhelmed, a little intimidated, a little bit of that perfectionism? What advice would you give them? I would say just do it. And honestly, if you are intimidated, do it scared. Because what I've learned is that even entering into what I would consider is like an oversaturated niche, it's not. Everyone comes with their own their own style and their own flair and their own delivery. And that is going to be appealing to someone different. And so there is room for you. There's room for everyone on the playground. So I would just say like, just get in and do it. Find your style, find what feels comfortable and right. Don't, I I would say try something if you're curious, but don't force yourself into doing something that just doesn't feel good to you because you want it to feel natural. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, yeah, like whenever you're entering into something or posting something for like the potential of the whole world to see, it it can feel very vulnerable and it can be very um, scary, but it also can have such a lasting impact and it can make such an invaluable like difference to the community. So I would just say just jump in and do it. And I've learned this. I'm talking to myself here because I thought that I would never, outside of doing small conferences at the district with faces that I knew, I never thought I would be on a platform speaking in front of 800 to 1200 teachers at conferences. Never. Like I don't public speak. I do a podcast in my 
pajamas <laughs> behind behind a screen to myself. And so, but it's one of those things where I was like, I just have to try it and see. And I ended up loving it. So, you know, with you thinking that you might want to take, you know, you might want to try something, just go ahead and jump in. And the worst thing is that if you don't like it, you can stop. <laughs> so... That's oh great. my gosh. You're speaking. Now you're coaching me because I say that all the time. I do not like public speaking. People are like, you talk in front of hundreds of people on your podcast. And I'm like, but they're not looking back at me. I can't see them. So I'm good. But they're staring exactly. back at you. That's scary. <laughs> all right, Megan, you want to go in the lightning round? Yes. All right. Another Megan and Megan lightning round. <laughs> so what is your favorite business book, podcast, resource that kind of has either helped you or continues to help you with your business? Yes. So I actually listen to so many podcasts and I do have a host of books, but there are two podcasts that are, they just kind of speak to who I am with being like bite-sized and short and sweet because that's what my like brain kind of handle. Um, <laughs> and that is the Savvy Teacher Seller podcast by Kristen Doyle. And then it is the Routine Your Dream podcast by Chanel Moore. So Amazing. their episodes are usually like so quick, it's digestible. And then I can usually, um, you know, hear from different experts and get like some pro tips and they're all actionable, leaving me with a step yeah. and a goal. And that's what I really what I need for accountability. So I really love those two. Awesome. Love that. All right. I think I know the answer to this one, but we're still going to ask, what is your favorite social media platform? Definitely Instagram. That is where that's where it's at for me. <laughs> Of course. Not that we obviously dig into that. You are killing it over there. So uh, we'll make sure we let everyone know where they can follow you again um, at the end. But one more question before we do that. Um, what is the best piece of business advice that you have received? Do not or try to stray away from chasing shiny objects. Like stay in your lane. If you set your goals and you know what you're focused on, what you're desiring, what you want to get as a result of your hard work, your, the outcome that you want, it's going to be so much easier to say no. It's going to be so much easier to see it, but not let it impact you or affect you. You could see it and congratulate someone else, but keep going straight. So, and if you don't, if you do kind of find that you're like dingling and like, you know, kind of going back and forth because of a shiny object, then I would encourage you to think about what is your goal or what is your outcome? Because mm -hmm. if you know that you can stand firm with it, you can stay on track and nothing is going to kind of shift and shift your focus and you can just operate in true alignment with that. You're speaking Love our that. language. So good. <laughs> okay. I know after this episode, an extracurricular episode, People are going to want to connect with you, especially since they know you DM on Instagram. <laughs> They're going to go DM you. So where can people kind of connect with you and find you? Definitely on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. You are more than welcome to comment on a post or leave a DM. And I will definitely get back to you, especially if I see it. But the, that's a great way to get in touch with me is on um, Instagram at The Literacy Dive podcast. And yeah, that's the, that's the best place. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. You have been such an inspiration really on both podcasts. We loved hearing about your journey and thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me. If you had a light bulb moment during this episode or thought of an idea to share, join us inside our podcast community to tell us your thoughts on both the extracurricular and that teacher podcast. We have a space for you to comment and chat with one another about each episode. We'll also pop in with a fun question every Sunday night, like, what's your most embarrassing teaching moment? 
We believe that sharing our experiences as educators is what keeps us moving, learning, and experiencing more of a sense of connection. You can join us inside the community to access all the podcast episodes, bonus content, and discussion prompts at poppd.co slash podcast.